0: Good morning, and I do greet you in the worthy name of Jesus this morning. It's a blessing to be here. It's always a blessing to, uh, when you travel a lot of miles and you find people that believe like you do and and uh, worship like you do, it's a blessing to travel so far and yet find people that and groups that um, think and believe the same way you do. I do come from Maryland, uh, eastern shore of Maryland. We're only about an hour from uh, some of the beaches on the ocean side of it, and uh, we are a small outreach church from Sharon Mennonite Church, which was in Lebanon County, Pennsylvania. We started the outreach church about five years ago now, and there were seven families that originated from the Sharon Congregation, moved down there, and and it has now grown to, uh, I believe it's 13 or 14 uh, families, so it's... A nice little congregation. Seems about like this size. Um, yeah, usually about 70 or 80 people, so it is, we do enjoy the smaller congregation, but yeah, it is good to be here. Audrey was our teacher. We really enjoyed having her in our midst for a few years, and uh, thank you to her parents for allowing her to come, and and uh, she was one that put her heart into it, and we appreciated that. I do enjoy um, sharing in other churches, but one of the things I struggle with every time is, what do you share okay i don 't know you all i don 't know the needs i don 't know what the preacher talked about last Sunday uh, but i <laughs> I trust and I pray that through the Holy Spirit's leading that, hopefully um at least one person can glean something from the message that I plan to share this morning. Um, yeah, it's, it's one that I need for myself as well. I'm going to ask you to answer this if you know it, okay? Just shout it out if you um, think you know the answer. I asked Curtis on the way here, I said, do your people talk if a, a preacher asks, asks a question? He said, well, he thinks they might. So if, if you know the answer, um, um, shout it out. What is it that I'm talking about? It's free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once it's spent, sorry, you can spend it. Once you've lost it, you can never get it back. And I'll repeat that. It's free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. Once it's lost, you can never get it back. Time. Time. I heard time somewhere. Was that you? Somebody else said it over here, I believe. That's correct. What is it? Time. That's what I'm planning to talk about this morning. Time. And the title is, It's About Time. And we say that to people sometimes, don't we? We say, it's time you get to work. It's time for lunch. It's time for supper. It's time, it's time, it's time. Um, it's time you quit fooling around. We say that to our children sometimes. Maybe some of you have heard like I have heard already. It's time to grow up. Okay. But this morning's title is not referring to, it's referring to more of the subject of time. And the goal or the thrust of the message is that we evaluate how we use time. And is God pleased with the way I spend my ta- time? And I have it broke up into three areas. It's simply, uh, stewardship, uh, stewardship of time. And secondly is what the scripture teaches about time. And then thirdly, I want to look at a few practical areas. So number one is stewardship. What is stewardship? Well, if you would look it up in the Webster's, you would, you would find that it is a, a careful and responsible management of something that is entrusted to one's care. Okay, So it's something that we are given. Um, And in the Greek, the word stewardship is oikonomous, if I'm pronouncing that right. And it gives the definition of an overseer or a manager or a foreman, someone that is responsible for what they have been entrusted with. And I, I bring this message from a series that I preached at our, our church. It was, a I believe, a three-message steward, Christian stewardship uh, series. One was on time, the other one was finances, and the other, third one was the stewardship of the gospel. Um, and I I do enjoy very practical messages, and I feel this is such a practical uh, thing to think about uh, how we are stewards of the time God has given us. Um, and I feel like the Lord deals with his people so graciously. Um, you know, he gives and he gives willingly. And we enjoy that. But along with that, there is responsibility. There's responsibility to manage and oversee, including... Our our time. Um, we are creatures of free will, and, and it's our it's up to us how we're going to spend our time, and it's up to us to decide. And and uh, a Bible verse. I'll get to some scripture real soon, but one verse I have jotted down. You don't have to turn to. It says uh, in in Colossians three twenty three. It says, and whatsoever ye do. Do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. And I take that verse to say is whatever we're doing, whatever we're given. Thinking about this idea of stewardship. Whatever it is, let's do it heartily. Okay, Um, Putting our all into it. Um, Whatever it is, if it's our jobs, if it's the ministry or if it's in the school. uh, This idea that I'm a steward and I'm working for the Lord. Uh, I'm managing his resources. And I had a little booklet from CLP of Christian stewardship, and this is one thought that I got out of there. It mentions that our stewardship of, of what God has given us reflects our relationship with him. And I believe there's a lot of truth to that. You know, someone who is very, uh, let's say he's very haphazard, uh, with his, uh, with what he has been given very sloppy. Um, There's often other areas in his life which he will be uh, very haphazard as well, including his relationship with God. So why should we be good stewards? Because the Lord is the giver of all good things. He is the giver, and he calls us to be stewards, and we are accountable on what God gives us. And I want to turn to 1 Corinthians 4 for a verse... 1 Corinthians 4, actually it's two verses I'm going to read, verses 1 and 2. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1 and 2. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Okay, so we as stewards, it is required, it is... Expected that we are faithful. And we're thinking about this, uh, thinking about the idea of stewardship of time this morning. Um, one of the things is we are accountable to God on our stewardship. Romans 14, verses 11 and 12 say, For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. This whole idea of being accountable to God for what he has given us. So yes, we are accountable to God. But I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I think it should be a little deeper than that. Not just this idea we want to try to be good stewards just because we're going to be held accountable. Yes. But I like to think about... Um, it more of a idea of uh, how would you say it's not so much the primary reason or my focus is that I will give an account but it's because I love the Lord and because of that I want to give it back and I want to be a good steward it's more like a, a love slave uh, I want to because he loves me because he died for me I in return want to give to him and I believe stewardship towards God should come from a heart of uh, of love to God and and of gratitude of what Christ has done. So yes, I will give an account for my stewardship, but, but deeper than that, as redeemed people, it means much more than that. It's like, like I said, it's that like that love slave because my love for him is so great. And I thought about that account in Matthew, I'm not going to turn to it, but where the uh, the three... Um, servants were given talents the one five, the one two and the one one and how the one that got five and the one that got two they went out and they made good use of them but then there was that one who he just simply I believe he buried it and he didn't do nothing with it he didn't lose it, he didn't waste it but he simply did not use it in a God honoring way Well, number two is what does scriptures teach about time? I'm going to turn to Ecclesiastes. Some of you probably knew I'm going to go there where Solomon talks about time. Ecclesiastes chapter three. And I'm going to read verses one through 13. Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 to 13. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which was planted. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rend, and a time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time of war, and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh, in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. Solomon so wisely says, you know what, there's a time for everything. There is a time for a lot of things. And it's a lot of things that we take for granted. Like, he says it's a time to speak. And you know what, there's a time to shut up, if I can say that. There's there's a time to go to bed at night. There's a time to get up. There's a time. Some of those are in our control, and some of them are not. Some of them are totally out of our control, like the time to be born and the time to die. We have no control over that. And uh, we we relate to time um, in every aspect of life. Um, time to go to work. Time to go, go home. Time for everything. Time to go to church. We don't know any different. But verse th- 13 there, it says, this is a gift from God. And in Genesis 1.1, if you go all the way in the, the beginning, it says, in the beginning God created. Before that, time did not exist, but now time existed in the beginning. And then if you go all the way back into Revelations, you don't have to turn there, I have it jotted down. Into Revelations ten, five, it says, And the angel which I saw stand upon the sea and upon the earth, lift up his hand, and swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth, and the things that are there therein are, and the sea, and the things that are therein, that there should be no that there should be time no longer. Okay, this is at the end. This angel, um, this this angel is is. How's that again? John is saying he saw, he saw that angel. That angel is waiting for God to say, you know what? This is it. Time no longer, and there is coming a day, my friends, when when God in His time, if I can use that, I know He doesn't relate to, He doesn't use time, but. That time will be no longer. There is coming that time. Where the things that are done are done, and the things that are undone are undone. We can't fathom that. Uh we can't. We we can't wrap our minds around not being under time anymore. And I thought about that song, a familiar song we sing sometimes is Amazing Grace. And the last stanza it says, um, how do how is it? It gives the idea of when we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Think about that. 10,000 years and no less days. Hard to fathom and imagine. But that's time no longer. And there is coming that day. So today we have the gift of time. It's an earthly thing, but it is a gift from God. It's a privilege. And the message from Ecclesiastes, he says, you know what? There's a time for everything. And the challenge is, as a steward, is what, when, how, and all that. How do we do it? Managing our allotted time and trying to be successful in doing so. That's the challenge. Listen to this little poem or whatever it is. It says this. When as a child I laughed and wept, time crept. When, as a youth, I dreamed and talked, time time walked. When I when I became a full-grown man, time ran. When older still, I daily grew, time flew. Soon I shall find, in traveling on, time gone. Lord, help me to be faithful. Amen. I'm 41 years old. I already think time flies. So I don't know what. It must be like for someone that's 60, but I don't know what another 20 years will will do, but time already flies, and we say that so many times. Time is flying, or we say sometimes, boy, if we could just have more time, we wish there would be 30 hours in, in a day or eight days a week. Or there's times that we say, Boy, that was a short night. Or, Woo, time went fast. Things like that. We say those things. When when really in all reality God didn't cheat us for one second. We have the same amount of time uh, that we always did in a day. Not he didn't cheat us one second. It's simply the way we relate to time. And how are we using our time? Is God pleased? With my stewardship of my time <clears throat> is his is his kingdom being enhanced by the way I use my time, and that's that's the challenge that I want us to think about this morning, and sometimes we hear this this phrase that people say well i'm just we're just killing time right now. What do you think about that? Should that be part of a christian's life killing time I'm not sure what to think about that. But I think we do well to live each moment consciously realizing it's a gift from God. And I know we forget that. We get busy and, and we get we don't think about it. But I think we do well to, to consider um, that God has given us the gift of time. Um, he has given us seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We have, what is it, 1,440 minutes a day, I think it is. How are we going to use it? Do you know what wasting one hour a day, um, or killing it, if you want to use that term, wasting one hour a day amounts to in 25 years, anybody want to take a guess? It's over one year. It's over 25 years for one hour a day. You waste it, kill it, whatever you want to put in there. It amounts to over a year. What could you do with one year? What could you do with one year? And as Christians, as stewards of time, I think we do well to acknowledge the words in Ephesians 5 where I'd like to turn to for a few verses. Ephesians 5. I'm going to read verses 14, 15, and 16. Of Ephesians 5. Paul talking here, he says, Wherefore, he saith, awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. So Paul says here, he says, awake. Awake. And I don't think he is talking about a um, a literal... um, awakening so much or a a, uh, literal resurrection but I think he is talking about awaking from that drowsy state awake from being a dead person so to speak and walk circumspectly that idea of being careful, cautious being aware of your surroundings being alert and he goes on and says redeem the time we know what redeem means it means to buy back or to rescue from loss don't let it go to waste. And I remember here again—it's an old song, and probably some of you know it. But there's this old song that says "Wasted Years," and it talks about, uh, in the—I believe it's in the chorus—where it says, "Turn around, turn around. God is calling. God is calling you from a life of wasted years." And I don't know. When I look at my own life, there's been years that I have wasted. And and probably many of us could say that. There's years that I didn't use it wisely into um for God's glory. And I could call them wasted years. But my question is, could I get any of that back? Is there a way to rescue that time that I've wasted? Well, literally, the answer is no. But I would like to think that maybe somehow that with a fresh vision, a new zeal, a renewed commitment, that maybe somehow I can buy back some of that time. Make up for lost time, I could say. And for me, personally, 41 years, I asked myself, what have I really done? What have I done? What have I really done with my time? What have I done for Jesus? Have I been a faithful steward? or have I gotten drowsy spiritually I calculated roughly I've had 14,965 days in my life which equates to 359,140 hours and uh for those of you who are 57 or older you're over a half a million hours but I ask myself what have I done with that Time. It's a gift from God. It's an opportunity. It's a privilege. And there was an older minister in the church we, we used to go to. He used to say this so often. And maybe he's said it so often that maybe that's how I remember it. But he said this. He would say this again and again. He would say, <clears throat> Yesterday's history. Tomorrow's a mystery. But we have this moment today. We have this moment today. And it's like that song that says, We have this moment today that slips through our fingers like sand. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may never come, but we have this moment today. Beautiful song. There was a devotional on the Beside the Still Waters uh, a few years back written by Eli Yoder, an older man that has now passed away. And this is what he wrote. I thought it was well written. Today's time. Tomorrow may never come. Yesterday will never return. Today is all we have. In fact, each passing moment is really all we have. He said this. Today well lived makes every yesterday a dream of happiness and every tomorrow a vision of hope. Okay, you catch that? Today well lived makes every yesterday a dream of happiness and every tomorrow a vision of hope. And then he also gave this resolution or a suggestion on how to start a new day. He says this, today I will start the day with a smile. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will not criticize anyone. Today I will not worry about things that might happen. I will spend time making good things happen. I will study to improve myself in practical ways. Today, with God's help, I will do the things that I ought to do and stop doing the things I should not do. Today, I will not imagine what I would do if things were different, because they are not different. I will work with the material that I have. I will act toward other people as though this might be my last day. I thought it was very well written. Do we treasure each moment? With that perspective that this could be my last day, would I, would you use your time differently? And I also thought about that phrase where he wrote, I will not imagine what I would do if things were different because they are not different. Don't we so often get hung up on the if onlys? If only it would be this way, that it would be different. You know what? It's not different. And he goes on to say he's going to work with the material that he has. All right, the third point is, is some practical areas. I'm going to ask a few questions. If you want to shake your head, nod your head, you may. This is more on the practical side of how we use our time, how we balance our time. Can any person spend too much time with the Lord? Prayer, Bible reading, um, kingdom work. What do you think? Yes, no? Probably not very quick, right? I mean, maybe you can to the point where you get burned out. But my intended answer was not really. Most times we don't, right? We don't overdo it. But how about too little? Pretty easy, pretty easy answer, right? Yes, we can, we can do too little of it. How about family time? Families here. Can we spend too much time with our families? You ever hear people say when they're, when they're older, ah, you know, I, I just spent too much time with my family over the years. You ever hear them say that? Probably not so quick. So no, we can't here again within reason but how about too little of course we we know the answer is yes we could we could uh, spend too little of time with our families how about our jobs can we spend too much time working I believe so maybe you guys aren't prone to that out here but in our area we are Our farms, whatever it is. How about too little? Maybe that could be a yes too. If we're not providing, maybe that could be a yes as well. What about, number four, what about leisure time? Is there something like um, too much time leisure activities? Whatever it is. What I don't know what you guys like to do here. Maybe you guys go through a lot of ice fishing, I don't know. Um, I know it gets cold out here. Camping, uh fishing, hunting. Some of you guys like snowmobiling. Um Can it be uh can you have too much time spent doing these things? Of course. We know that. How about too little? Is there something like too little of it? Hard question, right? Or maybe it's not necessary. But Solomon said there's a time for everything, right? So, how do we balance it out? And for leisure activities, I I, I don't know. I I find for myself there's there's a time for it. There's a place for it. Yes, we can overdo it. um, But I think there is a time for it. Jesus even talks about... I believe it's in Mark six, where after he had fed the five thousand, he was busy healing his disciples, where they were tired and they were taxed and they were, um, yeah. And he said to them, you know, he said, you know, come and let's let's go to this desert place for a while and rest. You know, there's something about a little bit of leisure time that does us good, and so I think there's a place for that uh, to relax or unwind, even though sometimes we are come back more tired than when we left. There's something about getting away from the norm and just um, doing things we enjoy. And so the, the leisure activity question, yes, there's a place for it, but it can be overdone. So we have these four things, time for the Lord, time for our families, time for our jobs, time for leisure activities. And for a few of us, we have to uh, include time for ministry. Uh, how are we going to do it all? Okay, How do we balance all that? How am I going to use the 1,440 minutes I'm given each day and be successful in all these areas? Well, I have one simple word of advice, advice, if I can give you any. And that would be to prioritize. And at my home church, when, when I brought this message, I had an object lesson. I had a jar that I filled with a few big rocks and um, those were to represent the real important things. I said, you need to put them in the jar first, then fill in with the little things. Uh, you don't fill with the small things first, because then there's not going to be room for the real important things. So prioritize, okay? You all told me, or I think you did, that time with the Lord, time with our family is very important. So make sure they happen. Make sure they happen, and I'm challenged with this. I'm preaching to myself. It can be easy to neglect these areas, but I have found it, it for myself. Time with the Lord is something I try to do first thing in the morning. Um, but it may not. It may not work for everybody. Everybody's different. I understand that. But prioritize. Make time for the things that are important. Make time for the things that really matter. Matthew 6, a familiar verse says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is talking about prioritizing. Psalm 46, I'm thinking about time with the Lord. Psalm 46 verse 10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. Do I take time to be still? Do we take time to be silent? And we have a wall motto in our house that says, let us be silent so we can hear the whispers of God. Let us be silent that we may hear the whispers of God. Yeah. So am I soaking up? Am I drinking up the word? Or is it being crowded out with other things and news and whatever may fill your time, fill your days? And is God pleased with the way I use my time? a challenge and so often I find for myself I, I lose focus, I lose zeal and the question that I came across asked this, would the church be more spiritually, spiritually alive or less spiritually alive if everyone spent as much time with the Lord as you do Okay, something for us to think about what about time with family? Do I view it as eternal value? You know, for us as family, uh, that have families, do I view it as it having eternal value? In light of eternity, it's the only thing we can take us, with, take us when we go is our, is our children. And so let's value the family and spending time with them. I have a little story here. To of a young boy. Daddy, said a young boy one evening, how much do you earn? Daddy ignored him and, and kept reading the newspaper. Daddy, he repeated, how much do you make in an hour? What do you want to know for, growled Daddy. What does it matter? But Daddy, the boy ventured later, I want to know how much money you make in an hour. Stop Stop bothering me, Daddy, said Daddy. Stop bothering me and get off to bed now. Later, when the father stuck his head in the son's room, the boy asked, Daddy, could you lend me $20? The father wouldn't. Well then, would you lend me $5? He persisted. What for, said the father. Well, said the son, I have $15, and if you'll lend me 5 I would like... And his voice dropped, and he said, to buy one hour of your time. It's kind of a touching story. This boy wanted one hour of time. He was willing to give his $15 and uh, get $5 from his dad to buy an hour of his time. So let's remember, as as parents, time with our families is is priceless. I'm going to just end in conclusion Eli Yoder's resolution again. Today I will start with a smile. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will not criticize anyone. Today, I will not worry about things that might happen. I will spend my time making good things happen. I will study to improve myself in practical ways. Today, with God's help, I will do the things I ought to do and stop doing the things I should not do. Today, I will not imagine what things would be like if they were different, because they are not different. I will work with the material I have. I will act Towards others as though this might be my last day, because tomorrow may never come. Time, it's a gift from God. It's precious. How are we gonna spend it? His resolution was let's 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 use it as though this could be our last day. And I know that's hard to imagine. But it is a gift from God. I think we do well to consider, um, how we use it. And is God pleased with how I, how I use my time? Let's kneel for prayer. Father in heaven, we, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for this precious gift of time. Lord, we know we often take it for granted. Lord, we know we sometimes get out of balance with the way we use it. And you keep giving it so graciously. Help us to use it in a wisely manner. Help us to use it in a way that we're redeeming the time, like your word says. In a way that your kingdom can be enhanced and that ways that lives can be um, um, encouraged and build up. Forgive us for so many times we lose focus and get drowsy. And lose our zeal for serving you on being a steward. Lord, we realize it's all a gift from mm-hmm. you. And we thank you for that. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us and through the power of your Holy Spirit... You would give us fresh vision, give us fresh zeal, give us new aspirations to live it a way for you, uh, and live it to our the best of our abilities, and and like this this man said in the devotional, let's help us to live it in a way that this could be our last day, because we realize that one day this will be our last day, and help us to keep that eternal focus in view. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to be here. I pray that you would bless the congregation here at Prairie and there as they uh, live their lives here in the community. Help their, them to be a, a testimony and a living witness for you where they live amongst their neighbors and their communities. And Lord, we, we look forward to that day when there will be time no longer. We look forward to that day when, when we have spent 10,000 years with you and we have no less days to sing your praise. And we look forward to that. And we say, even, we say, Lord, even so come, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that each one here would be ready for that, um, for that great marriage supper when Jesus comes back for his bride. Help us to be ready. Help us to be waiting. Help us to live our lives in a way that, um, would honor and glorify you. And we just pray again, a special blessing on each one that is gathered here. And we pray this all in your precious name. Amen.